Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Come on and grab your Bibles and stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord today. Those of you that are watching, I want you to grab your Bibles and stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord. And we're going to get into this Word today. I'm excited about it. Don't know how much we're going to get out, uh, how much we're going to go into it today, but... But I do know the Lord has a a word for the house of God today. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Genesis, uh, we're going to the book of Genesis today. Genesis chapter 12. And we're going to start in verse 1. And uh, do you know what I'm preaching on today? There you go. We ain't changed. Do you know what I'm preaching on today? I said, do you know what I'm preaching on today? We're going, yeah, it's faith, the showstopper, amen. That's what we're preaching on. And so we're going we're gonna to continue to roll in this. And this is especially a passionate for me today that I get sucker punched the devil. Amen. And so we're going to keep on preaching on faith because I know that's what the house of God needs right now. And we're going to do it until the Holy Ghost says stop. <coughs> and I got to be honest, I don't know if he's ever going to say that. Uh, <laughs> Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. No pressure, Abram. (laughs) Amen. And so the verse four, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Uh, Just chapter 15, verse one, chapter 15, verse one. We're going to read a a few passages of scripture here. And then we're going to pray. After these things, and I want you to go back and study what these things are. I don't have time to go into it right now. But after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer. Eliezer of Damascus. And, Ab- and then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. He accounted it to him for righteousness. So um, this is part six today and I'm preaching from the subject faith for the increase. Uh, I I don't know if the speakers were working because I didn't hear nothing over here. I said faith for the increase. There we go. And we're going to preach on faith for the increase. And I've been excited about getting to this. And uh, there's so many testimonies in the house of God that I could 
just take the mic to right now and just say, tell them what the Lord has done and you would be blown away about this. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, it is my prayer today that your perfect will is done and that your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. It is my prayer today, Father, that you would grant me a prophetic utterance to preach and teach into the hearing of your people. That you would give us all ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to obey. It is my prayer that your spirit moves powerfully during this time. Lord, I decree and declare that faith will arise in the house of God. And that every chain of hell will be broken today under the anointing of the spirit. Father God, in Jesus' name, it is my prayer today. Have your way, God. Have your way, Lord. Let every mindset that exalts itself against you, Lord, be brought down in the house of God today. And Lord, we pray most of all, look upon my availability and not my ability today. And Lord, come and crown and bless this service with your presence in the name of Jesus. And everybody that agrees, shout amen. Look at three people today and tell them you got to have faith for the increase. Come on, tell them that. You got to have faith for the increase today. Hallelujah. When we begin to, thank you, sir. When we begin to look at these passages of scripture today, I felt led uh, to share these scriptures because I, I need you to understand that they show, they, these scriptures show us an example that, that, that it, well, it lets us know, let me say this. It lets us know that faith for the increase is not a one-time occurrence. That, that faith for increase, listen, you, you can't just have faith for increase right now and then not have it at the next level. There is a constant, there is a constant need for faith when it comes to the, 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 the topic of increase. Now, let me say this. Not everybody, I, I pray that everybody can, but not everybody probably will be able to grab this today. There are some people that are stuck in poverty mindsets. Let the church say amen. Now say, that ain't me. Okay, but that's one of the threefold purposes that this church exists to do in this region. We, to break the back of poverty, break the back of religion, and break the back of racism. Let's give the Lord a hand clap if you believe it today. We've had that down for 10 years now and it ain't changed. But there's some people that choose to do, just be stuck there and if, that, if they do that, just pray for them. Just pray for them. But don't, don't get mean against them. Amen. But I hope that you can get a revelation today. Listen, uh, I would like to think that if we, well, let me say this, in a fairy land, far, far away, somewhere in make-believe land, amen, over the rainbow, there's a place <laughs> where you walk through one valley and you get out of it and you never have to walk through another one. But not in this land, <laughs> not in this life and not in the kingdom of God especially. Can I tell you, one man said it like this, you're either in one of three places, you're either about to go through a valley, you're either walking through the valley or you just came out of the valley. Uh, and I want you to know that as walking with the Lord, I have found whoever said that to be true. Because this is where God constantly keeps us, but it's not, for, it's not in vain. It, 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 it's, not, it's not for no reason. 
Abraham would get a word. Listen carefully to this and then we're going to start preaching in a minute. Abraham would get a word from God. And then in many cases, there, that, that, that word, um, there would be some kind of test that would come right after that word. There would be some kind of trial that would come right after that word. Now, he would have faith during that trial, and when he came out on the other end of the trial, then there would be a great reward. There would be a great increase. There would be a great blessing on the, uh, on the other side of it. And can I tell you that this pattern is still working in the kingdom of God today? Matter of fact, let me help you with something. Maybe you're trying to figure out what's, what's went on. If you just started deciding, um, if you just decided to start tithing, I can almost guarantee you right now you're walking through one of the toughest trials you've ever walked through. Why? Because the enemy comes and says, I really want to test, do you really believe what you say you believe? I tell people, first comes the tithe, then comes the test, and then comes the triumph. Oh, we're going to go somewhere today. Uh, So there are two things that I want to point out to you today in my introduction that marked Abraham's life. Faith and increase. On the count of three, I want you to say it with me today. Are you ready? One, two, three. Faith and increase. Say it again. Faith and increase. Say it again. Faith and increase. These two things marked Abraham's life. The Bible tells us that Abraham was the father of our faith. Now, he's not the author and finisher, but he is the father of our faith. The Bible tells us that, watch this, that he, that he had increased so much that he was very rich in livestock, silver, and in gold. That's Genesis 13, verse 1, in case you don't know. Church, I'm pointing this out because it's the same with us. What I have found is that, that when we, we will get a word from God. How many want a word from God? Oh, I love a word from God. But church, what I have found is that, that when we get a word from God, many times, as soon as we get a word from God, next comes the trial. Next comes the test. And then God, through his word, gives us faith to walk through the test. Somebody shout amen. And then when we get on the other side of the test, then God brings the reward or the increase. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Glory be to God. Therefore, God is constantly speaking. Tests and trials are constantly showing up. Faith is constantly being exercised and increase. The increase is constantly being given. Let me make it clear. You will not receive increase without faith. You will not receive increase without faith. So I want to, I just want to, I'm going to teach and preach a little bit this morning. Number one, faith for the increase refuses to be swayed by outside circumstances. Faith for the increase refuses to be swayed by outside circumstances. You can look at this church and say, why in the world would you go and buy two new vans in a time like this? Because I am not swayed by outside circumstances. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which he has entrusted until the day of Christ. I know that if he says it, he'll be able to do it. Glory. Ecclesiastes 11 says this. Listen carefully. Ship your grain across the sea. 
After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what, dis what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind, listen. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb so you cannot understand the work of God. It, can I just get a 60 second soapbox? I'm about tired of the church having to figure everything out for it to be God. I still serve a mysterious, miraculous working God that says that his ways are, are deep and cannot be searched out all by man. Hallelujah. It's amazing to me that people have to figure every, listen, if you can figure everything out about God, then they ain't really God. Now, we do have revelation that comes to us, that helps us, and we can read the word, and we can understand a lot through the spirit. But can I tell you something? I'm telling you, if you have to figure everything out for it to be God, then you are your own God. Can a church say amen and give Jesus a praise? Well, brother, I don't, oh, I feel that, I feel, y'all give me 30 more seconds, I felt a religious bone rise up somewhere in the house. Well, brother, I don't like all that stuff. I don't like going to a place where people speak into, I don't know nothing about, I don't like where people get under the spirit of God. I don't like where this happens, I don't like, I can't, you want to know why? Because you don't know it, you can't explain it. And so you're trying to have a God that you know everything about, but I read a Bible that says his ways are unsearchable, his, not, his thoughts are unthinkable. I know a God that says I am the one who told the ocean don't come any further and let's see if you can do that I'm off my soapbox I'm back hallelujah as you do not know the path of wind nor how the body is formed in a mother's womb so you cannot understand the work of God the maker of all things sow your seed in the morning and at evening, let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will, will succeed, whether this or that, whether both will do equally well. If you constantly are looking at outside circumstances to figure out whether you need to obey God, can I give you just a help? Just let me help you this morning. You ain't never going to obey God. There's always going to be a reason not to follow the word. There's always going to be a reason not to walk in holiness. There's always going to be a reason not to walk in righteousness. There's always going to be a reason not to tithe. There's always going to be a reason not to give offering. There's always going to be a reason not to sow seed. There's always going to be a reason not to love. There's always going to be a reason not to forgive. There's always going to be a reason to hold on to hurt and to pain and bitterness. But the people of God got to rise above it and say, I got faith to walk beyond what, I have, what I'm seeing outside hallelujah glory be to God glory be to God I, I got to get to number two I got many more I could preach about that but I got to get to number two hallelujah faith for the increase number two realizes that the laws of the kingdom supersedes the systems of man can we talk for a minute today that the laws of the kingdom supersede 
They supersede the systems of man. I want you to go to Genesis 26. Genesis 26, and we're going to read just a few verses there today. We might not get any further, but I'm going to tell you, it was worth your price of admission once you get this today. Verse 1 and 26 says, there was a famine in the land. Everybody say famine. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines of Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Now, wait a minute. Y'all look up. But Egypt was the place to have food. Egypt was the place where things were going. Egypt was the place was, that was not being affected as much by the famine. But God shows up to Isaac when he's on his way back to Egypt and says, don't go down there. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Obey me. Dwell in this land. Watch this. And I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Now verse 12 and 13. Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. In the time of famine, in the time when people were losing their jobs, in the time where fear was running rampant throughout the land, in the time where there was confusion and chaos, God stopped Isaac and said, where do you think you're going? Where do you think you're going? Obey me and watch what I can do. The amazing thing about this story, listen carefully. The amazing thing about this story is no one told Isaac's seed that there was a famine in the land. I don't know, it hit about halfway and I don't know if it went any further. Isaac had seed in his hand. Everybody else is saying there's a famine in the land. But no one told what he, the seed he was putting in the ground that a famine was in the land. Somebody probably should have told the seed. There was a famine in the land. Pastor, what are you trying to say? The seed does not operate and function according to outside circumstances. It functions according to a law that God has set by it that man cannot change and man will never be able to change. Hallelujah. The seed functions, watch this, the seed's function is not dependent upon the system of man. Its function is not dependent on what man says. It's not dependent on what the government says. Its function is dependent upon certain laws. Everybody say laws. The law says that if you take seed and you put it in good soil, allow water and light to shine upon it, then it's going to come up. Why? This is the law that supersedes the system of man. I'm bringing it around spiritually. Just, just wait with me. Haiti is said, Haiti is said to be one of the poorest countries in the world. If not the 
poorest country in the world. Now stay with me because I'm bringing a point to you. We've sent several teams over to, to minister in Haiti. And some, many of you have been over there and you, you understand the poverty that you faced over there. The amazing thing to me, watch this, is that Haiti is one of the, is, is one of the poorest places in the world with one of the most prettiest landscapes in the world. I'm going to say it again. It's one of the poorest places in the world with some of the most, with, with some of the most breathtaking views in the world. Matter of fact, Haiti ranks in the top 10 of the most beautiful places in the entire world because of its beaches and its colorful vegetation. In other words, it has some of the best or most colorful flowers and plants in the world. How can this be considering it is one of the most poorest places in the world? Because no one told the flower seed. Nobody told the flower seed that it dwells in one of the poorest countries in the world. Why? It don't operate by man's system. It operates by God's system that says if the flower seed hits the ground, water and light hits on it, it's going to come up. Can we talk in the kingdom of God for a minute today? Glory be to God. Watch this. That same law that applies, that applies to the flower seed in the natural applies to your seed in the spiritual. No, listen, we can be, they, they said on the news the other day, somebody said, I don't know. I, I just heard it. I, I got to be honest. The news and fake book and all that's making me sick at my stomach. I, I was able to. I told my brother, I said, I was able to get on there for about a minute and a half the other day. Like some of y'all stuff. So y'all don't get offended. Put your kid up there. Let me like it. <sighs> and, uh, but after about 90 seconds, I felt my stomach getting sick. I, I just felt it turning. And, and it's to the place now, I don't, I can't hardly get on it. I ain't watched the news in so long, I can't tell you when. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm not going to allow their perception of outside circumstances be planted in my heart. To stop me from what God is already saying. The devil is a liar. I came to tell you that if God said so, you sow. It don't matter if it's in a time of famine. It don't matter if it's in a recession. It don't matter if it's in a depression. It don't matter if it's in the worst time of your life. If God says do it, do it. Because if God is looking for a seed, he's got a harvest in mind. And I came to tell you, we are a part of a kingdom that ain't never needed a bailout. Ain't never needed a borrowed nothing. It ain't never needed nobody else. God said, I'm God all by myself. I own the silver, I own the gold, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. My God. Hallelujah. No one told the, no one told the flower seed in Haiti that it was in a poor country. And even if they did, it wouldn't have mattered. It does not operate by the laws or the systems of man. 
your giving, your seed sowing, your tithe, your missions giving, your love, your evangelism, your servanthood in the house of God. It does not function by the systems of man. It functions by the laws of the kingdom of God. And God's law is this. If you do it for my glory, you will not be doing it in vain. If you sow a seed, there will be a reward on your behalf. Glory. Hallelujah. Faith to understand. Hallelujah. Faith to understand. My brother and I, y'all know that before I was a pastor, uh, you know, we had businesses together. We still do. My brother and I started our, our business in when the, I mean, the recession happened and a few months later we started the business. I didn't know we was in a recession though until the president said it. <laughs> I, until the president came up on TV and said we're in the, one of the worst recessions ever, I didn't know it. I had no idea about it. Why? I was not making my decisions according to what man had said. I was, I was making my decisions according to what heaven was saying. And if heaven said start it then, we started it. When I became the pastor of this church was in 2009. That was probably at the peak of the recession. I can remember sitting around round tables with pastors where 20 and 30% of their congregation didn't have a job. No job. They had watched their budgets be cut by 50%. And they were wondering, what in the world are we going to do? Because you can't preach giving right now. The devil is a liar. You can't preach giving because people don't have nothing to give. I said, the only way they'll ever have something to give is if you preach giving. The only way they'll ever be able to do anything big for God is that you turn around. Can I tell you something? I've heard people, I'm about off my soapbox, but I've heard people tell me that you can't go to Africa and preach giving. I said, I didn't know that the word of God had geographical limitations. I thought it was inspired, influenced, and breathed by the Holy Ghost for everybody. African, American, Russian, Asian, South American. I thought when he spoke it, it worked for everybody. I said, the devil is a liar. I'll go over there and preach it just like I'll preach it in America. Why? Because I'm not preaching a word by man's outside circumstances. I'm preaching it because God has said it. And God's reputation is on the line when you get into this word right here. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You see, when you get into that kind of mindset, you start leaning on man. Let me, let me say one more thing, too. I feel some liberty in that. Do you know that your giving does not go, your giving does, is not, you don't give to keep the kingdom of God going. <laughs> yeah. You give to keep you going. 
I'm going to teach this thing in the night. You give to keep you going. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I read a Bible that says, let me tell you, if everybody else is broke, I'll send a raven for, to give you some meat and I'll pour water out of a brook right there and I'll feed you and water you all by myself if I got to. And when it dries up, I'll send you to a widow, the most unlikely place that you could ever be provided for, and I'll pour oil in her jar until everything is satisfied. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about faith for the increase today, church. Glory be to God. Watch this, number three. Faith for the increase recognizes the truth that there are no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. There are no shortcuts. It's amazing to me how many people want a shortcut. Spent 10 years making terrible decisions. 10 years sowing bad seed. Ten years robbing God. And two weeks, want to know why they started tithing and two weeks later ain't, they ain't out of trouble. There's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. None. Let the church say amen. amen. Listen to what Galatians 6 says. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever. Everybody say whatever. Whatever a man sows that he also reaps. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Now watch this. And let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. In due season. In due season. In other words, in due time. That time might be five years, it might be five months, it might be five days, but God said in due season. There ain't no shortcuts in the kingdom. God is not, listen, y'all have heard me say this, but it bears repeating, God is not a microwave God. He's a crockpot God. Hallelujah. Now, I, yesterday evening, I, or yesterday around lunchtime, I didn't want to go uptown, so... I put me two Hot Pockets in the microwave. Praise God for Hot Pockets. Keeping the men of God alive off Hot Pockets. I like a Hot Pocket. I put it in the microwave and two minutes later that thing came out and it was good. Dip it in a little bit of ranch and uh, come on somebody, we are all there. We all there. Everything's good with ranch. You can take some mediocre cooking and put some ranch on the table and you're good with it. Amen. Them hot pockets were good. But how many of you know, it ain't nothing like a good roast in the crock pot. When that thing's been, some of y'all about to get up out of here and go eat. That thing's been sitting there cooking about six, seven hours that day. You got some potatoes and some carrots and you got some celery in that thing and you done put some Lipton onion sauce on it and you got all, that thing's just marinating and you walk in the house and the, that aroma hits you. As soon as you open the door, you realize, my God, we about to eat something good. 
That roast can sustain you a lot longer than them Hot Pockets can. You want to know why? Because it didn't take it two minutes to cook. It took it six or seven hours to cook. I came to tell you today that God is about sustaining you till the end. God is about you making it all the way. God ain't about you running a 50-yard marathon, 50-yard dash, and then you saying, I'm good. God is about you working the marathon. And so that when the day you breathe your last breath, you are still with the Lord. You're with him in the good times and you're with him in the bad times. You're with him when you don't have money and you're with him when your pocket's full of money. You're with him when everybody's there and you're with him when everybody has left. And that don't happen in the microwave. It happens in the crock pot. Hallelujah. Faith for the increase understands. We understand. Listen, faith for increase understands that there's a process to this thing. Oh, glory be to God. Lastly, faith for the increase receives the truth. Now, if you don't write anything else down, write this down. Everything must flow through the heart first. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. 3 John 1.2. Beloved, I pray in every way that you prosper and be in good health just as your what? Soul prospers. Matthew 23, or Matthew 5, I'm sorry. Therefore, if you are offering, a, you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Jesus said, leave your gift there. Leave it in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. It's amazing to me what people, what the people of God are allowing Satan to do in them right now. Now, we, we've been shouting, we've been high-fiving, we've been having a good time, but it's about to get quiet. In the church as a whole today, many are offended, and the grounds of their hearts are polluted. People are offended because somebody's white, People are offended because someone is black. People are offended because someone said something. People are offended because somebody didn't say anything. People are offended because somebody has money. People are offended because somebody is poor. People are offended at the police, offended at the government, offended at the church, offended at their own family, and some are offended at themselves. Not realizing that the whole time you harbor and hold on to offense, you are allowing the devil to rob you of your harvest. I'm going to say it again. The longer you are offended and the longer you harbor offense, the more you allow the devil to rob your harvest. Luke 6 says this, a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, listen now, this this is all in context. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. My pastor always told me, you want to know what's in a man's heart? Let him talk for 10 minutes. You'll find out real fast what's in his heart. At the beginning of this year, I stood up and prophesied over this ministry and the body of Christ that this would be the season of the double portion. I was not the only one. 
Later, there were many other men and women of God all over this nation, some with very big and renowned ministries, stood up and said the same thing. This would be the season of the double portion. Hell realized, listen very closely to me. Hell realized that the body of Christ had received a rhema word from God. And there was nothing it could do to stop it from being released. Therefore, the only way it could stop you from receiving this double portion was to get you out of position. The only way it could get you out of position is to do, is to do it through a matter of the heart. Because out of the heart, everything flows. Stay with me. I'm telling you, this is a word for this nation. But in order for, for that to play, or for order, in order for that to work on, on the believer, it must first isolate the believer. Because it's hard for you to get offended, and it's hard for you to stay bitter, and it's hard for you to stay hurt, and it's hard for you to stay upset and mean when you're steadily rubbing shoulders with Holy Ghost filled people. It's tough for you to do that. And so hell knew the only way I can get them out of position, I got to isolate them. And if I isolate them for a little while, then I can whisper lies and deceptions and I can accuse the body of Christ of not loving people, of not caring for people, of not wanting people, of not speaking for people. I can accuse the body of Christ because the devil is the accuser of the brethren. So it isolated the body of Christ so it could whisper its sweet nothings and to the ears. By the third month of this prophetic word, March, the virus hits the land. Now the church couldn't fellowship together for a while. Church couldn't worship together. Now the enemy has the church isolated. During this time, he's whispering in the minds and the hearts of people all kinds of lies and deceptions, stuff that they would have never believed this time last year. These deceptions and lies are not against certain individuals. They are against the body of Christ as a whole. Now the virus is almost gone and the enemy is bombarding the church with all kinds of things to release offense throughout the entire body of Christ. Now multitudes upon multitudes of people are offended, hurt, and unwilling, listen, unwilling to forgive. Regardless of what the Bible says, they are justifying their unforgiveness by the hurt and the pain that they have experienced. Don't care what Jesus said. This is what I feel. I don't care what the Bible says. This is what I feel. Church, we must step back for a moment and see what the devil is really doing. He is trying to get the body of Christ out of position to receive what God has already promised. But church, if we put our feet down and say no matter what, the devil, devil, we refuse to be moved. And we refuse to get out of position. We refuse, to re we refuse to get out of the way. We refuse to forfeit our double portion. Devil, you might have tricked me in the past. Devil, you might have tripped me up in the past. Devil, you might have chained me in the past. But not this time. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in truth. I'm going to walk in prayer. I'm going to walk and caring for people. I will not be tricked this time. Come on and get up in your feet and give God a praise until the roof raises off this place. I will not be moved this time. I 
will not. You got me back there. Two years ago, you tripped me up. A year ago, you messed me up. Five years ago, I got offended. I left the church and I'll never have nothing to do with it. But not this time. Not this time. Not this time. I have a word from God. And this word from God is able to sustain me and keep me through whatever valley I must walk through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, not this time. No, I want you to shout, not this time. Not this time. You ain't getting my money this time. You ain't getting my ministry this time. You're not getting my family this time. You ain't getting my marriage this time. You ain't getting my brother and sister this time. You ain't getting this region this time. There is an army that has a word from God, and we will walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So this time I refuse to stay hurt. This time I refuse to stay bitter. And this time I refuse to be rebellious. And this time I refuse to divide. There's too much at stake. I have a word from heaven. And devil, you can't stop it. You might, can, you might try to get me out of position to receive it. But you can't stop it. So I choose, I choose, I choose, come on, say that with me, I choose to forgive. I choose to release. I choose to love. I choose to care for others. I choose to defend my brothers and sisters in Christ. I choose to advance the kingdom. I choose to not be bitter. I choose to be healed from my hurt, from my pain, from my brokenness. I choose the Lord. Come on. Listen, 10 seconds of praise. Come on. I want you to praise until you feel something breaking. Somebody shout. control everything but what I can control is me (laughs) I can't control what others do but I can control how I respond I can't control what they say but I can control what I say I can't control whether they love me or not but I can control whether I love them or not and this is what I choose today and I'm telling you brothers and sisters this is a word for the body of Christ It exposes the enemy and brings the people of God back to the promise that the Lord, God ain't, listen, God has not changed his mind. 
God has not changed his mind. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So bow, with, bow your heads all over this place. I, wanna, I just want to ask today, I'm preaching on faith and preaching on faith for the increase, but can I tell you something? You want to know what true faith does? True faith, true faith believes with the heart unto salvation. True faith confesses with the mouth unto salvation. And true faith says, Lord, I surrender it all. I surrender all to you, God. Everything, everything I'm holding. Lord, I come, I bring my good, I bring my bad, I bring my secrets, I bring what's been shouted from the rooftop. I bring what folks know, what others don't know. Lord, here am I. Change me. Now, I'm talking about faith for the increase, but can I tell you something? If you're not right with God today, and you know if you're not, no one has to tell you. You know if you're not. If you're not right with God today, can I tell you, your, your way is going to be incredibly hard, for the way of the transgressor is hard. It is tough. Hallelujah. So with your, bow, your heads bowed, you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm away from God or, or I've never given my life to Jesus. I need to commit or I need to recommit my life back to Christ today. I have separ I'm separated because of sin and today I need to commit or recommit. If that's you, when I say three, you lift your hands. Are you ready? Those of you watching, I want you to do the same thing. You'd go on the chat line and say, that's me today. Are you ready? One, two, three. Lift your hands right now. If that's you right there. I see your hands, sir. Just keep them lifted. I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand down here, ma'am. Anybody else? Lift it up high so I can see you. I lift it up high so I can see it. God, I got to come. I'm coming back to you today, Lord. I'm coming back to you. There ain't nothing. Listen, don't you, don't you dare feel any kind of condemnation in this house. Do you know this house exists for you to come in here and find refuge and find healing and find salvation and find what God wants to do in your life? Do you know it exists here for you? Do you know we prayed for you and I asked God to send you? So right now, all over this place, you say, you lifted your hand or you didn't and you needed to. When I say three, you come out. You get down here with me. On the count of three, y'all ready? One, two, three, right now. Come on, come on. Every one of you that lifted your hands, come on. Come on, right now. Come on, come on. There was many of you that lifted your hands. Come on, come on, here you are. Come on, come on. Come down here with me. Come down here with me. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.